Welcome to the Creamy Temple. Right, we, we just got through reviewing uh, 2007 Noah's Ark. And go listen to that. It was a wonderful review. Exposing, Terrible. Exposing Terrible movie. Rihanna and Craig to something I saw twice, by the way. In, in all its glory. Why? <laughs> Why did you watch it again? Because I live for this. I live for the crud, the BS. Absolutely terrible. Like, and how? Why was this approved? <laughs> because it was. But we're okay. not. We're not going to talk about that. We're talking about video games now. Not nope, spoilers. All right. Yeah. So. Which? Okay. Yeah. On, on today's show, uh, there's actually two big games came out uh, this past weekend. It takes two, which is from the Joseph Fer- whoop, whoop. great Joseph Ferris, creator of Brothers of T- Tale of Two Sons and A Way Out. This is the next co-op two, game. Baby. Yeah. Takes two, baby. I was thinking of the Ant Man, the Wasp. Me and you. See, that's the first. See, I thought that song yeah. first. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking the Ant Man, the Wasp song because that that song got stuck in my head when I was watching. It the takes two to make a thing. Yeah, that one. And it's doing a big announcement. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. This this has nothing to do with that. Uh, additionally, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong came out today, and in honor of that, we'll talk about another monster. Yes. Let's talk yes. about that. I'm gonna see it in IMAX tonight. Oh. I'm gonna watch it on HBO Max. Uh, but today uh, we will talk about Monster Hunter Rise, the new Monster Hunter game that came out. Uh, so that I mean that that got over four million sales just in one weekend. So it's a huge hit for the Switch. I will definitely give my thoughts. I spent twenty hours on it and more. As far as news goes, well, there's only three things. Speaking of movies. We have the Mortal Kombat film coming out pretty soon. Although it was delayed a week. It's coming out on uh, April 23rd. And uh, the director came out and explained why Johnny Cage was not in the movie. And that made some YouTubers very upset. With the hashtag is Johnny's too white. So it's something interesting to bring up. And then an update on Sony. Sony has came out and proved both me and Rihanna wrong. We, we said, no, they, they wouldn't take down the PlayStation Store sales. And J- Jim Ryan heard that and was like, oh, you, you don't know me. We're taking this down just because you said that. But no, that's not the reason. But other cases, it is confirmed. And yet, I still have hope. I don't think we should close the book on this just yet. I'll explain why, but I have a feeling Sony might still not be telling us everything. And lastly, a Pokemon card heist for just something silly. Someone tried to steal Pokemon cards and got arrested. But hey, aid for the effort on that. Nothing to say because we spent on the Noah's Ark, but I will say I I got my vaccine earlier this week. Hey. First one, though. First out of two mm-hmm. jobs. So it was the Pfizer shot. And I went to my local CVS pharmacy, took it, didn't even realize how quick it was. I, I was holding on to the chair and going like, oh my gosh. And then uh, the guy's like, you're done. Okay, you can go now. I was like, wow, it was just like that. I had no side effects. I did not feel any soreness or any pain, sickness or whatever. I cannot say that it will be for everybody. I don't want to put that out there and confirm too much. But for those who are saying all these virus or these uh, vaccines are going to kill us, if we take it, then the DNA, they're going to mutate us. We're going to turn into X-Men or something. No, 
Okay, this is just to help us get back to normal because we, we really want to do that. Let's stop with this nonsense of anti-vaccination. Wait a minute, you mean I'm not going to get powers? No, sorry. Uh... You are going to get one power. You're going to get the power to not catch and spread COVID, which is the oh, ultimate yeah. power. Yeah, I mean... That's a good power, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know yeah. if I can stop crime with it, but it's a good power. Well, yeah, you, you, can, you can go out and, and get drinks, go to the club without getting anyone sick. You can go to the Noah's Ark Club. <laughs> okay, I'll move. Stop. Noah's Ark is done. <laughs> we cannot. We mustn't. We mustn't return. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just want to quickly put that out there. I, I really don't think you should. I, I would talk to someone who has gotten the vaccination. If you don't trust medical professionals, if you're like, no, we don't believe them. They did all these things. I mean, either you listen to the news outlet or certain news outlets, I won't mention their names, have spread a lot of false information, uh, or you're basing it on history because yes, there was historical facts that in the past there have been some experimentation, like there have been some vaccines that have harmed certain groups of people. But I just want to ensure, assure, not just from me, but from other people I know, of varying different different race, different sexuality, different disability who've taken the vaccine, that this is helpful for everyone. And you know, someone will disagree with me, but I'm still gonna stand by what I say. And I will get my second dose at the end of April. Do you have something my, you want to say? My grandmother took it last like two weeks ago now she said her arm was sore for a few days okay and so did my mom I feel like the reason that might be for some is just to build up the immunity. Because that's another thing is people are getting or building up their immune system. And I think why it didn't have much effect on me, because I've taken the flu shots before. And same with that. I did not have much effect on it. So I was like, it's not, it's still different because. Yeah, it is different. Normally take the flu shots. Well, but like the uh, doctors asked me, hey, have I taken the flu shot before? Have I had? been affected by it in some way so i answered said yeah i I have and you know came out just fine and that was the same with this so you know all good things because i want us to go back to normal so we can be in person you know be hug each other and 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 tell each other we're awesome in person party and do all the crazy things cosplay and go to cons yeah 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 no that is it that's a huge huge one bring that back yes and actually, in the fall, they have Fan Expo Dallas and uh, uh, Alcon. They're they're planning September and October. And there's some saying that's irresponsible. I'd say it's good to be cautiously optimistic. Things could get better. Things could get worse. And I think March is too soon to even judge what's going to happen in the summer. So we'll just have to take our vaccination and then see how everything else is. And of course, at the meantime, don't get anyone sick. You know, wear your mask and yada yada. On to what we have to talk about today, starting with It Takes Two. Rihanna was looking forward to this game when it was the Game Awards. They had a special, like, story trailer event. And you said it was referencing the Page Master or something like that? Yeah, it had that same vibe. I didn't remember the name of it at all. I didn't remember the name of it. I mean, yeah, it was very Page Master-like because of the books. It looked like the books were coming to life, and they had their own, you know, their own characters. Yes, in a way. But the real start of this plot this plot despite when you look at it and it looks oh this looks cutesy and goofy it starts off with a divorce 
you have a couple who just not been happy with each other at all. Uh, Mary being the wife and uh, Cody being the husband. They look at each other, argue in front of their kid and it's like, you know, I had it with you. I want to separate. So they go to the dinner table and talk to their kid. And unfortunately, they're unsuccessful at hiding the fact that they are playing a divorce towards their kid. And their kid goes upstairs, looks at the doll she made that look like the parents and cries on them. Then next thing you know, uh, Cody and Mary, they're now these said dolls. And the book of truth appears who is this crazy uh, French guy who is just a party animal is like, yo, I will not let you two divide. No, 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 no. You will not divorce. And, and he's just like this crazy party dude. But are the cases they're like, okay, what is this crazy talking book? And why are we dolls? We need to get out of here. And uh, he's like, no, 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 you go through this with love. You have to learn to love each other and learn to forgive. Oh, Cody, or Craig, you were saying, I, I almost said Cody. I was like, Cody, did you say something? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm actually talking to my wife here. My bad. Oh, you know what? You, you are a great client for this game because, you know, being that you are in a relationship. I do want to play it. I actually didn't know that the game was about divorce, but I was already hooked because it's from the same developers from A Way Out. So yes, you know, it's, yes. I really was looking for a really good, fun couch co-op type game. So. And despite the setup, I mean, it's still relatively silly. I mean, for I'll say, despite the setup that you have right here, the first half of this game, it gets super goofy. Like, they go through all these random adventures that they don't really have any any exclamation for. Like, why is there a war between the squirrels and the bees? Well, we don't know. We This is just an opportunity to bring another co-op element for these two to work together. And that's what the whole gameplay is about. It's a 3D platformer uh, where you are always having to play with someone. You cannot play this game in single player. You need to have either buddy nearby or through friend pass, which is a system he created allowing other people to join in and play with you without having the game. And that is an interesting thing because uh, this is uh, $40. So someone else doesn't have to pay full price for this. As long as they're on your friends list, they can play through the whole game for free. Now, just out of curiosity, Chase, what platform did you play this on? PS4, but this is also okay. available on PlayStation 5. In fact, if you get this on PS4 or uh, Xbox One, you can get the higher version for free. Hmm. So a free upgrade, which is really nice. And how and, was your experience of the game? Did you come across any glitches or bugs or anything? Or was it mostly uh, you know, pretty flowing? So as far as like technical performance, this is a gorgeous game. I mean, you're going through some very wonderful environments having that little uh honey sh uh, i shrunk the kids vibe you know small toys and like big normal world environments going through a backyard going through a garden going through a toy set that is larger than life and all these different things that they play around with like a children a child's little playground and also things that they've explored in their life like they venture out in a snow globe which reminds them of times when they went out to alaska to, for like a skiing trip and whatnot so throughout the game you're also i mean getting to know these two more they do kind of develop character but as far as technical performance as i, I mentioned no bugs so nothing as far as 
glitches or whatever. Probably the the weakest part about this is the story. And the reason why I say that is despite the game having fun with itself, cracking all types of jokes, some of them land, some of them don't. They make references to aliens uh, in, in doll world. No one can hear you scream, just stuff like that. And then they'll have more like goofy like jokes that are aimed at kids like uh when they go to the squirrel uh fortress cody passes by his old pair of underwear and it's for if you've seen like kids shows where they have boxers and it's just hearts and everything yeah it's that is like those fiends they stole my underwear so it's like like this is relatively a kid's game if not for the language that occasionally pops in and, and a but, you know, I actually think it's great that this is approaching something in a relatively semi-family-friendly way about divorce. Because it reminds me of the time when with, uh, like, Mr. Fred Rogers, or the, the Ro- or, uh, Mr. Rogers show, he would touch up on serious topics and direct them towards kids. And one of them was divorce. Like, he would actually get real serious. And I think it's important for kids to be aware of this in case if their parents get to a breaking point because the worst pe- the, the worst person to deal with divorce is actually not the parents it's the kids who are just in the middle of everything and they do a great job in bringing that up and it actually goes to something that i really love at the end but just in the first half when they try to explain okay why are these two wanting to divorce so much and this is a trope in movies that I hate, but Cody goes to Marion's uh, like, or May, sorry. Well, you, you work too much and you don't have time for me. And it's one of those tropes like, okay, so she's providing for the, and she does bring it up. It isn't like it's a one-sided argument. She's like, well, because I'm having to pay the bills, I'm providing for the family. And he's like, well, we, we can't be a family if you're never around. It just doesn't feel the same. You know, I get that. When you have that sort of situation where one person's always working and never has time for the rest of the family, but that that trope has been used so much in movies. Or what? Okay, two things. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mr. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Rogers thing. No. Yeah. Okay. And two, uh, I would hope of, of real life for it to be brought to the tent, brought to attention first, and then like, do you want to continue doing living like living like this, or do you want to come back to? being as one unit like together and functionally working uh as family but like just like setting limits and stuff but if that person decides like no i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing i'm gonna work keep working for this and like it's better to be what's that word uh have that purpose of knowing you're going to be with the relationship rather than just like you're not just here for the money because yes it's important to provide at the same time if it's cutting time into things that really matter then you gotta let it go or you should well that's why while this trope at first turned me off because so many bad romantic dramas and commies do this they do come back around and explain that this is actually this is a two-way issue this is uh, cody not appreciating may for how she provides the family and then may not appreciating cody for taking care of the kid so both of them are just not even appreciating each other, just arguing. And as much as I would say, well, she's paying the bills, but at the same time, this is a little girl who's not even a teenager and she needs to be raised to have nobody around that would, or you could get a nanny, but again, 
that that's a totally different experience. I don't know how that would work. If you raised a kid that way, where nobody, neither of the parents are around, you had to have a babysitter constantly. I mean, yeah, it, it basically the, the nanny becomes the parent if it's, yeah. if they're gone that much. I mean, was that on, um, uh, that sweet life that no, no, wait, um, on Jesse, uh, the Disney show where the parents were gone a lot and they basically became a parent for all those kids, even though obviously she did not have, it was that, that they became the family. Yeah. It's just the only issue is it's really, it's done very simple. Like, you know, I'm very straightforward and not only that. These parents, through the first half of the game, you realize they don't care about their kid. And that's something they have to try to fix. But the, you you don't feel for either of them because they're one mindset of, okay, how do we get things back to normal? I know. Let's make our daughter cry again by destroying her favorite stuffed animal. And yeah, they look at each other and Cody's like, that's a great idea. How like, holy crud. And e- each of the the stuffed animals like the talking because everything comes to life each of the talking objects and animals are like no that's not how you what you should be doing no leave her alone or katie sorry leave katie alone and even the uh the the book of truth he's like oh no 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 this is not what you should be doing and they're like no we know because if she cried and that's what turned us into dolls and she's got to cry again in order for it to be reversed of course that doesn't happen that's when we get to the second half of the game and i'll tell you the first half i enjoyed it a lot for the gameplay because what's consistently great about this game is how it goes about the idea of cooperation two people are constantly having to work together to solve these different puzzles and all of them involve one person doing one thing and the other doing another and this is working off of his last game a way out where you have two characters doing different things and they're benefiting each other so going back to uh the uh the whole story of revolving around the war between the the wasps and the 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 squirrels and whatever cody would have a gun that he would uh turn everything to honey so what would that do is that would levitate the platform or not levitate but like add weight to the platforms pull them down for mary and mary would have an explosive weapon that would destroy things in the path allow cody to get through so i mean things like that one character is doing one thing that's going to help the other character and the other character's got something that'll help the other character and in each main chapter they keep getting new gadgets to toy around with and helping like later there's a magnet that gets split in half so one gets to the left side of the magnet, the other gets the right side. And there's these different symbols indicating which side does what. So uh, all the, the throughout the game, you are needing each other through the whole time. And that carries over to the boss fights that I find to be amazing. These uh, boss battles, which happen frequently, they test uh, cooperation, co- team coordination to a T. And there's so much fun to uh, experience in addition to the, just the general platforming, which besides wall jumping and regular double jumping, there's the grapple hooks. But outside of that, the main thing is every few chapters, two people getting two sides of something to work together on. And that's why thus the name it takes two. story wise, 
things do get much stronger at the second half where you dive in very deep into what the characters really want in life. And it does go into things about, you know, what you need to do versus what will make you happy. And I like how they touched up on that. You know, is it the best written game? No, but the dialogue wasn't horrible. It just, the first half, it got super tropey. And then the second half is when things start getting a lot more interesting. Going to the end of the game, which I won't spoil, but I will say if you're going into this thinking that these two are going to end up getting back together and saying, oh, you know, Katie, you know, we we talked and we're like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't divorce. So everything's good now. That's not what they do. And I won't say what what how they do resolve this, but I will say that little girl is going to make you cry at the end. <laughs> She pulls an inside out uh, moment. If you've seen the movie and you know what happens towards the end with the main girl, that's the only hint I'm getting at. So if you haven't seen the movie or you don't remember, up to you to figure that out. But yeah, that, because the thing is, well, so the second half is they're trying to figure out what this letter is that will help them turn back. And the Book of Truth tears it into four pieces because she wa- he wants to put them through couples therapy and have it done through four ways. You know, find your passion, find empathy and all that. And by the time things started to get better and they found all four pages, what was written on the message? Not going to spoil, but I'm going to say it was the most powerful part of the game and ended this on a very sweet note. But in a way where it was done very maturely. I just wish the game was consistently like that, where instead of the beginning half just fumbling through different scenarios. Because it felt like they were going on different episodes, like a television series. And then the second half is where we really are getting getting through a consistent story. But the gameplay was so great. And when you get to that strong second half, I was like, wow, this... This might actually be one of my favorite games of this year because of how well it executes the idea of co-op oration. There's no games like this. Well, okay, besides a way out a little bit. And I'll say the other game this reminds me of is a PlayStation 2 title called Cookies and Cream. I know it's a weird name, but it's from uh, Atlas. And it's a, a game that has you controlling two characters at once, two of them doing two different things that work together on. Well, this, you're controlling one character. The other person has to control the other character. Still, you're in these colorful worlds working together. And it's a 3D platformer. That's why it's like, this is like Cookies and Cream. I know, you know, weird name, but it's a real game on the PlayStation 2. It's actually a lot of fun. It's on PSN store. So you can get it before what before it goes away. What? I, I don't, I don't buy. I, okay. Okay. On my PS3, I have not bought anything on it. I just okay. use it for Netflix and we'll get into that, part, that. But uh, closing thoughts, I'll give it a nine out of ten. It's a strong game uh, for the place. I mean, for forty dollars, you're getting something that lasts around ten dollars, ten hours, and you can come back and play all the different mini games that you can Ooh, find. Mini games. Yeah, there's like different silly mini games, or just if you want to compete against each other, see who's better at doing this. 
That's like the collectible. Those are like the collectibles in the game. I want to be the very best. No one ever was. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, Craig, does this make you want to play this with your wife? It does, actually. Um, We're about halfway through our playthrough of A Way Out. So I think we're going to go ahead and finish that one. But I could see us picking up this game, you know, within the next couple of weeks, probably. Yeah. It sounds like a really fun one. And like I said, I am looking for a little bit more whimsical game that I can just get into and just waste some hours, you know? I mean, it is, despite its topic, it it does get pretty whimsical. I mean, there's a lot of silly moments to it. Sometimes to a fault, but, you know, it, it... it, it does have fun with itself and i i do appreciate that like like the the, the book of truth he's gonna make you laugh. he's got a lot of funny out of all he's got the best comedy like he's like the best i'll have to game. see that because everything i've seen about that game the book of truth is like my least favorite part so far i haven't played it but just from the trailers but we'll see when, when we play it if i come around to that character well he yeah he is purposely crazy and yeah at the beginning he gets very annoying i mean that's the even the k Main characters are saying that because he, he pops out of nowhere he's 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 almost like uh one of those kids who, who would uh party at the pandemic uh like, like you know those kids at the miami beach uh raising inf- like he would be one of those people but he would be like i'm doing this for love but you would still shame him for uh spreading covid infections but still now on to the other big game which is a huge hit monster hunter rise I started being a huge fan of Monster Hunter since World. I I tried to get into the old Monster Hunter games, but just couldn't. I felt like there were things about it I wish would have been proved, and and that's what Monster Hunter World did for me. Modernized it, made it something... I'm not saying like I I don't like playing old games. I I do, but just with that in in general, there was just some specific parts of the mechanics and also the design. I felt I could have used change, and that's what Monster Hunter World brought it, and so much more. It was one of my favorite games of this generation. Wasted so many hours to it. Love the heck out of it. And Monster Hunter now is such a big deal that it actually was, I think, the best-selling Capcom, or at least one of the best-selling Capcom Capcom titles of recent years. Like, their stocks rose because of how well Monster Hunter World did for them. When previously, this was a game that only sold well in Japan, which is interesting. So well that it got a movie starring the the, the uh, Zovich and all that, the which I, I've not seen, but people have said, yeah, don't bother with that one. But what Co- Craig has, probably, yeah. Well, when it comes to the Switch, and this is what people say about the Nintendo Switch, is that we love the Switch, but you're underpowered compared to the other two consoles. I feel like part of that is true, but... Have been played some Switch ports of games that came out on the PS4 and the Xbox X or Xbox One, like Doom, for example. I feel like there's so much more you could do that not enough not enough publishers have really dived deep down into, and that's what Capcom is going well. You know, we feel like Monster Hunter World won't work on the Switch, so originally they gave nintendo gamers the old monster hunter games and like why are you giving us that why can't we get the new one turns out 
because they've been working on a Monster Hunter game exclusively to the Switch. That's now Monster Hunter Rise. And it plays like the follow-up to Monster Hunter World. All of the improvements and mechanics of that game carry over to this and more. For Rihanna, for anyone who's never even heard of these games, okay, what is Monster Hunter about? Well, Yeah, I was like, I've only heard Slash seen about it on Twitch like last week. Okay. That's well, it. I, I mean, yeah, a lot of people have been playing this on Twitch, but I'll say the the basic core mechanics, you're this... Uh, customizable barbarian of some sort you go out into the wilds you kill these uh dangerous monsters and then you carve them up for uh, more customization for your character you know stronger weapons to fight bigger monsters and that is basically what the game is about there is a plot but it's not even much of a focus there is a story-driven Monster Hunter game coming out on the Switch later this year called Monster Hunter Stories, but for now, this is not uh, this is not really a game you come for the plot. I mean, really, some of the characters in this, one is called the Quest Maid. Like, you don't really come here to get invested in a story. However, what little story there is and what little buildup, I mean, characters are having fun with themselves. They're cracking some weird jokes. Uh, you know, all the it's a world where the town is built by humans and humanoid cats with cat puns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have seen that the cats are like the cutest part of that game and Monster Hunter World, but like those cats are, are really cute. Oh, they're so cute. Oh my gosh. Like if you're someone who hates cats, this this game might single-handedly turn you around. They have a, They have a song for these cats. Because one of the things that they'll do, you do have a cat companion that you, you, again, you customize and you build up just like you do with your main character. And you can choose what type of abilities that they could have, either healing or stat boots, some, some, something to support your main monster hunter. But additionally, there's all these cats that run these extra activities around the hub. And one of the popular ones for monster hunter especially Monster Hunter World, is the cafeteria where there are some cat chefs that make special meals. This is what the game tells you all the time. Eat a meal before you go out and hunt because these meals would actually give you a good boost and a better chance. That sounds cool. I just yeah. and <laughs> this, this world has a it has a feudal a feudal Japan vibe to it, like where Monster Hunter World everybody is like a barbarian. Here everybody's a ninja. So you have uh, different things that are like ancient Japan architect going on around the environment. And there's this song where when you're building your meal, that'll help give you some stat boots. It's it's a song in Japanese, but it's these cute little cats going dun 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 It's it's so cute. I was like, oh my gosh! I just went up to Hoops and like, Hoops, why aren't you this cute? These 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 cats with big eyes that just make meal. Which that sounds weird. They make your meals and they 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 cook for you. They provide. I mean, it's the opposite of real life. <laughs> instead of them being, well, instead of us being their servants, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they do other things too. I mean, and I'll get to one of the improvements this has over Monster Underworld, but yeah, that, that's what they are. They're your, they're your companion. Though, 
in this game, they add more things. So I mean, just like Monster Hunter World, you have e- it's easier to track the monsters where they're at, and the combat's a lot more, a lot smoother. There's a lot more combos, and they take it a step further. You can customize your weapons. Like if you have bow and arrow type weapons, yeah, you can have a crossbow or like a, a heavy bow gun. You can actually add attachments to them, and they change the way your weapon fires and some of the special abilities they might have, which is really cool. There is deep customization, even deeper than Monster Hunter World. So despite being on the Switch, they packed more than I thought, and more that was not even in the previous game. Probably what you're going to hear from other people who played Monster Hunter Rise is that this is the most accessible and fastest Monster Hunter game, and that is 100% true. Because one of the main elements they put in this is that you there's these like magical bugs that give you like a grappling hook. So you can actually uh, grapple your way to any platform of the entire uh, or, or, or worlds that you're in. So you can get around anywhere just a lot quicker. Another thing is additionally to the cat's companion you also have a dog companion and uh he provide he's basically like almost like your horse because you get to ride on him and he can just speed you towards the monster wherever to speed you to anything else and just like the cat companion they have their own weapons and armor and you can again customization brought partially by crafting i mean lots of crafting you get materials in the world and you get to mine ore you know, pick up plants. And of course, the the biggest types of materials come from the monsters themselves. Most of them are like reptilian or dinosaur type beings. All of them look hideous. Uh, there's no it, monster you're like, oh man, I don't want to kill that thing. No, they're all dangerous creatures. They all look like evil things that you want to kick their butt. So you got these things that are just making the game faster and also with upgrading just how much quicker it is to get to everything and i really love that there's gonna be some old school monster hunter games that'll hate or game or gamers that'll hate that because hey you know what it's new and how dare you add these different things but i welcome that and i feel like if you were not a fan of monster hunter prior this game is going to get you in because of all the things that adds on to on top of monster hunter world i just searched and saw it started around 2004 in ps2 yes i've never heard of it until last week well well, the reason you never heard of it is because well it wasn't really a big seller until recently with world and world is not on the switch so this is their big nintendo monster hunter game so I, 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 I wouldn't blame you, but there was an article saying that Zelda fans need to get on Monster Hunter uh, Rise. I find because. that, it, well, because how fluid the combat is and, and just the, the customization and, and not just the weapons, but also another thing they add is different skill sets. Like you, each of your weapons, you can choose what type of move sets they've got. And both of them having, all of them having different outcomes. And I, I just find like the, the, the customization in this, or really it's, it's almost like it's as deep or almost as deep as say cyberpunk. Cause I was like, wow, I could really go into my character and make it to what I want it to be even more so than monster hunter world. And I find that really awesome. And one of the other big things that why I loved monster hunter world, it was still a criticism for me is that 
there is still a lot of grinding and grinding as in you have to keep fighting the same monsters over and over again, which I don't mind. I, I mean, I really love the gameplay. It's so good to where I don't mind fighting the same monster five or 10 times, but it was that thing where, okay, but in order to get this armor that I need, I have to fight the same monster five times to get the right uh, materials. But here, something they add is that the monsters shed the materials so you end up picking up more than you do in the previous game. Plus, one of the other additions that they add is that these cats can go out and find materials for you. So while you're in the middle of a mission, there's like these uh, this other thing going on and you get to come back to the hub and say, oh, we collected these things for you. So the game is working itself to be the most accessible monster hunter game to date and succeeds in that while keeping in everything that made monster hunter world so great like i try to think okay what is this game missing since it's on the switch you you have to miss something i you know not much oh what are you saying craig uh yes i actually just had a question that i wanted to ask you as an experienced monster hunter player would you say that it's necessary to play monster hunter world or should new players just jump straight into Rise? Just jump straight into Rise. For one, these games are not story-driven anyway, so it's like, okay, you're not... This game doesn't even connect to the last uh, Monster Hunter title, so it's like you don't even have to make them connect narratively. But even for gameplay, the fact that it, it just makes it so easy for everyone to get up and just to keep getting railed into the action... You know, I, I think anyone could pick this up and just waste so much hours on it and have a, a wonderful time. I played this on handheld and dock, and it is the one of the most impressively, uh, visually impressive Switch games ever. Like, I was surprised of how much they packed in on this one game. This is one of the most ambitious Switch titles. There are times where there are multiple big monsters clashing together. There's so much action going on. The frame rate never slows down on handheld or on on television on screen and regarding online multiplayer which is another thing people would criticize nintendo for it's so fluid here and i'll tell you i was in the middle of installing outriders because that game comes out tomorrow and i still was able to play matches of monster hunter world with no or not monster hunter monster hunter rise with no lag and that's awesome for a, a console that people say has the worst online service out of the three i mean the only thing you do lose is well voice chat because that's not a feature but if you're okay with that you can i mean you can make quick commands uh to like signal hey i, I need help over here or i lay down a trap because that that's the thing is you have two ways of defeating a monster you can either kill it or if you're a pacifist yeah like hey i don't want to kill any monster you can trap the the creature and then put it to sleep. So, And that actually gives you more rewards. So you're encouraged to capture a monster more than killing it. And that brings in more of a challenge because you have to lure the monster into the trap as well. Especially during like a four-player session where that monster is busy with other players around. You have to coordinate with them say, hey, bring that guy over here. I got something for them. But I'll say if you played Monster Hunter World, so much of this is familiar to you. Even to the point that some, a, a few of the monsters from Monster Hunter World are from here as well. As well as new ones. I mean, it's new ones additionally. So it's kind of like, hey, here's a mixture of old and new monsters and I love the Monster Hunter World monsters. 
they're a lot of fun to fight. I mean, all the, this is ba- essentially one big boss battle type of game. And each of the, these boss fights are amazing. But the new ones that they come up with for Rise, not only the creature designs looks really cool, but also they bring them new elements that will test your limits. There's a one that will stick to the, the ceiling and send electrocution towards you and, and with an extended face, like a, a like a lingering long head. So the weak, and each of these monsters have a weak point. The weak point is the head. So you have to do like, okay, when that head is uh, extended, unleash even deadlier attacks. So it's all the elements of a strong RPG. And honestly, it's ha- it was one of the best gameplay for a switch game if you have a switch or you're thinking about getting a switch this is a game you should be getting because you're going to be addicted to this even if you're not a really a fan of monsters well yeah you're kicking their butt of course especially if you hate monsters <laughs> like that gives you extra motivation to kill them but that's not okay never mind well i'll, I'll tell you this i'll <laughs> tell you this None of these monsters are scary. This this is this is one big anime. So all of the monsters, they're all like extravagant, but none of them appear to be creepy or horror. Like they're still kind of cutesy. Even and the ones that look threatening, none of them reach the point of like, well, I'm I'm scared of this. Oh man, I don't I don't want to fight this monster. No, no, no. If you're actually scared of this game, then stop. Don't do that. R- really? Th- this is not a game to be afraid of. Don't, don't I'm be not afraid of it. I it's just, I mean, I, yeah, I saw Squid Gameplay. I was like, let, let, me, let, okay. let, me, let me tell you this. Hack slash. Yeah, it's a hack and slash. But you play Genshin Impact, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're fighting monsters in that, right? Well, I haven't gotten very far. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. See, I no, 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 no. Even in the beginning levels, there's some basic monsters. Oh, okay, fine. Genshin yeah, the ones Impact. in the field. Uh, yeah, it's fair. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally have not played a Monster Hunter game, but I have been following it since Monster Hunter World. I've been interested, so yeah. I made the time for it. But I have noticed that a lot of the monsters, quote unquote, tend to be like giant frogs or lizards or birds or dragons or yeah. a, a mix between, you know, something like that. And they haven't been like fear driven or underworld deadly demon crap like any of that stuff they've just been uh giant lizards in the world you got to take care of so yeah well well, not not the worst monsters in the in the world of quote monster verse yeah this is this is the one where you're gonna get you know have to have a nightlight so you don't get scared no i'll say this one they have other types they have like bears and armadillos there's even like a, a a a spider uh monster as well but none of none of this is like yeah but i'll say like because of how fast this game is even compared to monster hunter world each of these missions you take they're they're like 50 they have a 50 minute timer complete this in 50 minutes in monster hunter world i would complete these tasks in like 30 or 40 minutes in monster hunter rise i complete every mission within 10 or 15 minutes like everything just goes quicker, and yet I spent like twenty hours on this, uh, and I'm I'm on level two uh, uh, missions. I haven't completed all the level two missions yet because there are so many missions, there's so many tasks, so much to keep you occupied occupied to keep playing this game. So for sixty dollars, oh, you get so many hours, and not even hours of doing the same thing. 
almost every mission, I was fighting a completely different monster that had their own things I had to take care of. And you can do this either completely single player or online out of your choice. And for that, yeah, I... I mean, I'm trying to think of what this game does does wrong, but I guess it is repetitive because that is the base of what the game is. But at the same time, it, it does it so well. I, I'm thinking, I would consider it 10 out of 10. Like the music in this is amazing. And not only the, the, the visuals of this is, is wonderful. The new uh, rampage missions that they introduce where you're having to do a base defense and fight multiple big monsters using our our artillery weapons that is such a interesting uh, approach to this i would say the one thing i would miss from monster hunter world if there is anything i mean i enjoy that game i love that game but there's one scene in that that's missing in rise and that's there's one ginormous like shadow the colossus sized monster that you fight in the first 30 hours of the game uh monster hunter is a very long game by the way you're not gonna beat it in like it's not like it takes two where you beat it in 10 hours no this is a game that you will be occupied for a while but for the first 30 hours or so i was fighting this big ginormous colossal type monster and i thought that was impressive even for a ps4 system there's nothing like that so far here but the monsters you are fighting and fighting multiple monsters sometimes riding on them which is another mechanic introduced you can actually control these monsters and make them fight each other so it keeps experimenting with how you hunt your uh these other creatures and really stretching the boundaries of what you can do what you can accomplish on the nintendo switch i know it's coming to pc next year but really yeah this is a reason to get a switch so yeah definitely recommend it rihanna's like no 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 i'm kidding but you said it was on other consoles well monster hunter world is the one that's on playstation 4 and xbox one and pc monster hunter rise right now is exclusive to switch there is a pc port coming in 2022 oh okay yeah that's right and um because um, i am one of the lucky few who am blessed enough to be have purchased a ps5 for me monster hunter world is free so that's why I was wondering, should I go ahead and play Monster Hunter World to become affiliated with with the series, or should I just jump into Rise? But either way, you know, both of them look like really good games. And, um, you know, like you said earlier, like they challenge Zelda players to get into Monster Hunter. Like, I'm curious how that would work out, because as a, as a huge Zelda player, you can see right here in my tattoo. For, for uh, listeners who can't see, I do have a force tattoo on my left arm for zelda players i want to take on that challenge of hunting down monsters and finding the best way to take them down so should i jump into world first because it's free or should i go ahead and spend that 60 dollars on rise i don't well i would say either but yeah why i bring that up is because the uh the monsters i mean they they could pretty much be in the legend of zelda game that's why i say they're not terribly scary they're kind of anime like well not anime well you know they're they're very fantastical and the fact that you have it for free that's great i mean that's a an awesome game with about 100 hours worth of gameplay that you can spend with other people i'll say rise is faster and depending on how you are with things I mean, the fact that you have it for free, I would say, well, yeah, why not download it? Especially that Rise has an expansion too. I don't know if you'll get that for free as well, Iceborne. I have not gone around to playing that, but uh, 
there, there's just a lot to endure of that game and rise as well just rise is just more ex- even more accessible because of these neat additions that it adds taken f- off from monster hunter world to be playable to anybody so yeah that's what i have to say about it on to the news well we were talking about earlier man are you excited for king kong versus godzilla Zatse on HBO Max. The next big HBO Max film is the new Mortal Kombat movie based off of the games coming out now April 23rd. It pushed, got pushed back just a week, but it's still coming out in April. Recently, there was an interview with the director on some some things they uh, why he made them film the way he did. And he was talking about how much he really loved the games. He wanted it to be exactly like the games or as close to it as possible while having his own spin and all that. I thought that's cool. You know, not everybody's a fan of that. Or people want it exactly the way. They don't want any changes. And such with the case of Johnny Cage not being in the film. He confirmed that the protagonist, uh, Cole Young, he is the replacement for Johnny Cage. And that pissed off some uh, Mortal Kombat fans. And I, I brought up this uh, YouTube video, this guy named uh, Robert Storm. He uh, was someone who was very angry. And he, he said, yeah, this is big betrayal to uh, Mortal Kombat fans. You don't really understand the property because you don't have my Johnny Cage in there. Now, for those who don't know Mortal Kombat, again, I'm not the biggest, the deepest fan of it. I only seen the original movie, the animated films. I played couple of the games so I, I don't have the best knowledge but based on what i do know this is a hollywood actor or famed hollywood actor of some sort he gets wound up into the mortal Kombat tournament thing like oh this is a neat little uh special movie going on and realize realizes halfway in oh wait no this is this is real. This is not a, uh, a film with special effects and everything. Honestly, though, I'm going to be very controversial myself based on what I know, what I've played or what I've, what I've watched. I'm not really crazy about the character because I feel like that's all he is. When I saw the animated film that came out last year, Scorpion's Revenge, which is where they made a rated R Mortal Kombat movie. Johnny Cage in that, he got on my nerves because all he was about was like, hey, look at here. Oh, is that, what's this new play going on? What's the script? Like, he's just making a bunch of, like, movie uh, references and jokes. Like, oh, did you get, did the budget, did we go over budget? What's going on here? Oh, I like these effects. Well, no, he doesn't. In fact, he's, he complains so much. He's like, oh, these effects suck. That's all his character is. Like, I, I don't really know much of him besides what he is now i get it moral comments not the deepest narrative like from what i know the like most of the games they they're they're all cheesy but still just based on what he is i i mean there's so many movie characters like him I feel like it would be so for someone who would not know anything about Mortal Kombat, they would look at Johnny Cage. If Johnny Cage was the protagonist of the film, they would compare this so much to Big Trouble in Little China or along that line. And kind of thinking about it, I the the one thing I I don't really uh, like from what the director said, I'll say where I am on middle ground with Mr. Storms here is that he mentions wanting to make a sequel. Because when he goes in the detail 
on why Johnny Cage is not in this film because he's like, well, I have him playing for part two. And I'm like, oh, wait, this movie isn't out yet. You got to let people see it to see if we'll make enough money for you to make a sequel. But you're already coming in betting on it. All right. So I'm guessing this film is going to end in a cliffhanger. I mean, that's what I am to assume by that comment. But when he talks about not wanting Johnny Cage as the protagonist, he said... Well, that would feel very uncomfortable because this is a very Asian-centric world here with a bunch of Asian characters. To have a white lead be the main representative of everything. And honestly, I agree with that completely. But I also, I have to think about this even deeper. We don't seem to take into account the amount of Asian films that are supposed to be meant for to star or support Asian culture. And yet they're led by someone who's not Asian. And it still happens recently. I mean, the most controversial one is the Ghost in the Shell film where uh, they had uh, they had a, you know, a white woman play what the film eventually reveals to be a Japanese character. And I look at this act, the, the actor here who plays Cole Young, I think this is something we should also note. This actor tried to play Iron Fist in the Netflix Marvel show Iron Fist. And they rejected him He three times in favor for Finn Jones, who was horrible in my opinion. Iron Fist is such a bad Marvel show that it makes me feel like I'm in uh, war trauma just thinking about those two seasons I sat through. Those, those almost 24 hours of what is the worst Marvel thing ever. Hey, I salute you, sir, because I got about 20 minutes into episode one and I bailed. I, I sat through 13 hours of the first season and 10 hours of second season. I was like, oh, wow, th- I'm just shocked at how bad this was. But not only that, that show is so racist towards Asians because of this white guy telling Asians how to do Kung Fu and, and everything and, and speaking horrible, horrible in uh, Mandarin. And the, the guy who was supposed to be the main character that uh, not Netflix, well, maybe Netflix, but the director of those show that show rejected so much. I need to get this actor's name uh, or BRP. Oh, let me, that was from Rihanna. Get this actor's game. Mortal Kombat. It just really makes you bring into question the casting, honestly, for me, because you know for a fact that there are, quote, white boys who know how to speak Mandarin, who know how to do Kung Fu, who know how to act. So I was just really curious how this guy got past the casting director. And I'm not going to lie, I did like him in Marvel's Defenders. I did not like him in every other series that he's been in, in but in Defenders specifically, he was, he was okay. Then I started to watch his individual show and... I just couldn't, man. I'm sorry. I, I, I did. You say you saved so much hours of your life. I, I, but anyway, the the actor's name is Louis Tan, who plays uh, Cole Young, the the film's protagonist. He tried to be, uh, he tried to be uh, Iron Fist, and they reject him. But they gave him a small role in the Iron Fist show, where he played as a drunk, evil thug that. Finn Jones would kick his butt and you'd never see him again. And now it was just seeing all this. I was like, wow, that, I mean, that, that makes you hate the show more, but it's also why this anger towards the movie 
solely for the lack of Johnny Cage is so tone deaf. And it's not just coming from white people because all this comment section is full of black audience who are like, no, I agree with you, man. This is why video game movies suck. They never listen to us. I was like, because Johnny Cage is not in there? Is is Johnny Cage that essential to Mortal Kombat? I thought like Scorpion and... Because again, you're, you're more knowledgeable of Mortal Kombat than I am. So it isn't like this about Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and and like, I thought Johnny Cage was, anyway, go ahead. Yes, no, you are exactly right on track. This particular story is the live action retelling of Scorpion Sub-Zero. More or less, you're going to get what you got in the Scorpion animated movie that you watched last year. This is a little bit more about the origin story. But for the fans of Mortal Kombat who are saying, oh, well, Johnny Cage isn't in it boo-hoo. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, y'all. I'm just gonna have to tell you this one time. Shut up. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Johnny Cage is not the main character of the Mortal Kombat story. He's not the main character of the Mortal Kombat arc. He barely does anything in the movies. Sure, he's good for a couple laughs, and maybe you can relate to him more or less, but this story is trying to be more true to the Mortal Kombat arc, which everybody can admit Johnny Cage does not play a huge role in the biggest role he plays is the wife of Sonya Blade. Sonya Blade is a main character of Mortal Kombat. Liu Kang is a main character of Mortal Kombat. Johnny Cage, uh, he's funny. They put him in for really funny finishers, but is he is he relevant to the story? Not really. And as much as I want a new Mortal Kombat movie to be successful, I think the director made a very wise decision to not include Johnny Cage, at least in this one, because comic relief can throw off the importance of certain scenes. And I think Johnny Cage would just be comic relief the whole time. So well, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Well, not only that, but what they're trying to do with Cole Young is he's Cole Young is still playing an avatar. I don't, but- I don't mind him at all. To me, I mean, I know Cole Young, Cole Young is playing a new character, quote unquote, but to me, he represents the quote player as you're yeah. playing mortal Kombat, sure you're playing these characters but it's you who's holding the controller so to me cole young is the representation of quote you in the mortal Kombat series that's fine with me yeah well the thing is like people are worked up about this uh, about his presence and yeah he wasn't even given much to say in the trailer in the first trailer so i'm like yeah i, I don't want to be that person judge especially when remembering his scene in Iron Fist, he was actually the best part about that show. And it made me realize like, yeah, why wasn't the Iron Fist? And this could be that fill in the void of him not being able to have that role. He could be great. He could be bad. Okay. I'm, I'm not against the idea that he could put this movie down, but you know, you're going to have people who don't understand Mortal Kombat. Like I, I'm going to be that outsider. This is that character from what I understand is supposed to bring in those people to educate those. What is Mortal Kombat about? And not only that, the fact that he is Asian could mean this tournament could relate to him or the, the fact of what, what the, the essence of this is. So I, I again, I don't wait till the movie is out, but all right. The, the thing that I, I don't want us to do is to think we know what Asians want. Because that's what I'm getting from not only this person, but also the comment section. Because one guy is like, yeah, I'm black as heck. And I say, keep, 
Johnny Cage should be in there. I'm like, yeah, you're black, but you're not Asian. Can, can we actually ask for their opinion? Do they not get a voice? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's uh, well, wait till April 23rd. But yeah, I, I feel like this is overblown. Maybe it isn't. We don't know. But looking at the trailer, I was like, wow, this is so authentic to the games. And then hearing all these comments saying, no, this isn't. This is not like the games. Just because, uh, well, uh, what's his name? He uh, Who got his arms ripped off? Jax. Or Dex. Yeah, Dex. He, he, that wasn't sub-zero who ripped his arms off that was some reptilian i'm like okay so sub-zero is the one who rips his arms off in the movie and not another character what what all right maybe does that make a big i think that's okay with me because um as a way to introduce sub-zero as maybe the villain for the movie it's okay to mix up a little bit of the story because i mean in mortal kombat nine i believe they did change it up where uh jack's arms were ripped off by ermac now ermac's not even going to be in this movie to my understanding they're not going to address too much otherworldly demonic weird stuff it's going to be based somewhat in reality minus the undead uh ninjas of course but i think that's okay the way that they presented it in this in the trailer was absolutely fantastic as a red band trailer and the way they ripped it off and showed the extra blood sure that gets me upset at sub-zero as a villain and that also is going to make me side with scorpion whenever he decides to come up against sub-zero but the real interest for me as a longtime mortal kombat fan is going to be that big fight between scorpion and sub-zero where the majority of fans side with scorpion but actually realize that Sub-Zero is the, quote, righteous one in that battle because Sub-Zero was not the one who attacked Scorpion's village. It was actually another villain that I'm not going to name drop here just for spoiler purposes. But I'm wondering how how much they're going to stick to the original story versus create new art. Well, Well, you mentioned that there isn't any, like, otherworldly... They they do bring up in the trailer of Girl... You don't hear him, but he is in the trailer. Like, he's about to smash him and Goro, I think that's his name. The guy with four yeah. arms. Yeah. Goro, four-armed yeah. prince of the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in- But I'm wondering, are they gonna go into the weird characters like the bug yeah. characters and the skeleton characters and the demonic characters? Or is it gonna be mostly fleshly beings fighting? Well, the fact that he already gave it away that he's playing another film, like that also brings a question. All right, so I mean, how are you going to make this to where people want a second one? That's probably my, like, I don't give a crud about Johnny Cage not being in the film. I give a crud about you throwing in that there's a sequel when this movie's not out yet. Like, I'm one of those people who wants a complete movie before we get onto the franchise. But if it it works, then I'm up. I'm up for it. I think that's easy. If you announce a title that we haven't had a lot of movies for, I already want a second one. I haven't seen the first one, but I already want more. All right. Well, I mean, if it, I mean, if it's a success, and okay, then do it. I, I'm just like, I'm just one of those. I mean, there's so many movies or big budget blockbusters that would say, okay, we're gonna make a franchise out of this, and then the first movie is a bomb and leaves off in a cliffhanger, and never the, the sequels never happen. So that's this this thing I don't want is for this to not deliver on its promise and that and yet like try to tease a sequel that we'll never see but you know i i'm i mean most fans are happy with this and that is good those fans who are upset i don't know well we'll find out on on april 23rd hbo max and the famous quote from scorpion 
Yeah. Get over it. No, I'm lying. He says, get over here. But seriously, get over it. Yeah. Something that we probably will not get over is uh, PlayStation because we are PlayStation gamers in some degree. You're the lucky son of a gun with the PS5 while so many people out there don't have it. Yeah. He's dancing with the PS5 controller. <laughs> yeah, I have the controller. I don't have the console because it keeps selling out right when I get to the uh, store pay. I, I, I feel like if we if we can all get vaccinated, that, that's besides seeing friends. That's the reason I want vaccination so I can get the PS5. <laughs> Wait, how is that related? Well, the reason why the PS5 keeps selling out is because it's only sold online. So that gives the scalpers... You know, this the reason why people have not been able to get a PS5, most people, because the scalpers keep taking it up and reselling. Okay, I just... Yeah, and they can do that because it's online. Like, you can send in bots and try to... Yeah, I just mean, but they can be sold in person, too. But it hasn't yet, not to my knowledge. Yeah, it, quote, can be sold in person, but by the time it gets to the store to be sold, it's already sold. Oh, that's the problem. That's the problem right now. And I actually have a couple IRL friends who have even succumbed to buying them from from um, people who are just raising the price. I had a friend of mine who purchased a PS5 normally sold at $399 or $499. They purchased it at $800 because they could not get one anywhere else. Then that order was canceled. So he spent $1,000 on a PS5. And it's getting that serious out there that people are just no longer caring about the price. They just want one. And wow. I'm really sorry for those out there who, who are struggling with this. It's not fair. Sony messed up. They did. So this is their solution. Let's get rid of the PS. <laughs> oh, no. Well, last week we're like, yeah, we don't know. It may happen or may not. And earlier this week, they, they confirmed the gamer was right all along. The PlayStation 3, PSP, and BS Vita will uh, cease their store, their digital stores on July 2nd and in August. So by the end of the summer, you will not be able to purchase anything PlayStation that is below the PS4 digitally. And we mentioned the possible goods and bads. So, you know, the, the good being that... Pros and cons. Pros and cons, you know. The pros being that because they're adding in some other things... And, you know, let me actually read what uh, Sony said, because they I got through an email. That's how I found out that, oh, wow, this is real, because PlayStation told it to me and all, all other PlayStation owners. If you own a PlayStation system with an online account, you probably got this email from them. But I can actually sum it up in just a couple. Oh, no. No. What am I doing? Oh. Okay, here we go. No, stop. Stop it, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Hi, hey, Mega Bad. Yeah, this podcast is rated G. All you right. Oh, it. yes. Oh, yes. We, we, we can only show show furry butts. Uh, <laughs> what? Furry butts? What did you say? That movie. <laughs> only furry butts. No curse words. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Hi, Mega <laughs> I... I'm Mega Badger 24, my username on PlayStation. We are closing the PlayStation Store on PS3 July 2nd, 2021, and on PlayStation Via devices 
uh, on August 27th. Additionally, the remaining purchases on PSP will also retire. After thoughtful consideration, we decided to make these changes in an effort to focus on our resources for the PlayStation Store on PS4 and PS5, which will enable us to enhance the customer experience even further. We thank you for your support on these platforms throughout the years. What does this mean for you? Oh, wait. You'll no longer be able to purchase PS, you know, PS3, PSP, PS Vita games, including games and video content. You also no longer be able to make in-game purchases. So no DLC, no microtransactions. While the PSP storefront was previously closed in 2016, the remaining purchases functionality in-game purchases will not be fully retired. What about content you already own? Here's the interesting part. You will still be able to download your own PS3, PS Vita, and PSP content, including games and video content. You can download your own content onto your PS3, PS Vita, or PSP by accessing the download list on the respect the device. If you have a purchased PS3, PS Vita cross-buy bundle and have only downloaded either PS3, PS Vita version, you'll need to download the other version prior to closure. Video content that you own can be streamed on PS3, PS4, or PS5 through the My Videos app or on mobile devices through PlayStation Video app. You'll still be able to re-download and play games you have claimed through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain uh, subscribed. What about vouchers? You'll still be able to redeem games PlayStation Plus vouchers. You'll no longer be able okay, you'll no longer be able to redeem wallet funds. Your PSN wallet funds will remain in your PSN account, but you'll only be able to use them to purchase PS4 or PS5 digital content. You'll still be able to cross-purchase games. Not only that, the games you own or you purchased already will still be uh, available on your account. Let's go back to something that I mentioned. There is a passion out there, or patient. Sony wants to make or uh, add trophy support for games that previously didn't have trophy support. That would be those PS3, PS2, and PS1 games that didn't have trophies, all of them being available on the PlayStation 3. The document goes on to add the inclusion of emulation for PS3 PS2 and PS1 content on newer consoles. So best case scenario, our digital purchases, or at least some of them, the ones that you know are m- m- more popular and more in demand could find their way onto the PS4 or PS5, or we have to rebuy them. One of the cases, those games are going to live on through a new updated addition with uh, the PlayStation Plus collection, which is something Sony introduced when revealing the PlayStation 5. Worst case scenario, all of our digital purchases are gone. We lose lots of money on things that we played, bought, and PS3s will pretty much only be for disc base purchases. Also, this means that digital games in the future are subject to be uh, eliminated. I have to remind you, of what I mentioned before, the PS3, PS4, and I think maybe even the PS5, they have an internal clock that this is what keeps synchronizing your digital downloads, whether that be games or things like Netflix or Amazon. If the clock is desynchronized, all of that is corrupted. You will no longer be able to play digital games or watch Netflix or Amazon. Everything digital is gone. You can only use your PS3 console for physical games. And even then, those game physical games that require some patch upload, not available. For PS4, that is worse because that clock is what synchronizes everything, including disc-based disc purchases. 
So the the day that that clock might be desynchronized and Sony decides to shut down the PS4 store, that might be gone. Hold up. What? So as long as my clock is fine, I can still do my things on PS3. That's what I'm hearing, but, right? Yes, but okay. however, the store, the store, they, they say that with the PlayStation Store servers being shut down, there could be a chance that that clock might be desynchronized in the process. That's not proven to be true. And Sony's promised that you can still keep your downloads. But who's to say in the future that might not be the case? Or maybe not. This is why I don't want to close the book on this. Because I feel like Sony's got something we don't know. Or maybe this is all. Because this document that they put out might not ever happen. We might not get trophies for games that previously didn't have trophy support. Or added goodies for that you can trade with your trophies. Or PS3, PS2, and PS1 game emulation. That was also in the document. We might get them though. Because again, place the PS Plus collection. What do you guys feel about this now knowing everything? Is it should we close the book or what? Yes and no. I think like like it it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like your perspective might be more of a let's wait and see what happens. Yes. Okay, so on the one hand. It does seem like, okay, you'll be able to keep your games once they're downloaded, assuming you have the space to save them. But what about if you purchased a game, you don't have it downloaded, and this date comes by, and later you want to download it? It sounds like you won't have the access to. You will. And you won't have access. You you will. So you'll be able to download games well, that you've purchased, so, but don't have them downloaded yet. So that's, that's my question. So they, they addressed that in the... Uh email that they sent that uh, all games you claimed either through PlayStation Plus or through digital purchases, you can access them via the download list. So what they're going to do is that they are going to shut down the store server, but then have a separate server dedicated to all of your obtained items. So you can re-download them whenever. For now, we don't know how okay. long that's going to last. So I can download the games I've already purchased, but if I yes. want a game, if I want a new game, I'm out of luck. You're yeah. out of luck if you uh, wait till July 2nd. Yeah. I mean, th that that sucks. I can't, I don't have the power to change Sony's mind or anything, but like, I I agree, that sucks. Well, the, well, that's the thing is they got this document out there of talking about game emulation and adding trophies to games that previously didn't have them. And this documentation could not ever come to be but it, because it exists, it's something that I want to see if anything becomes of it. Because they said you keep your game, you keep your uh, the games they 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 stay with your account, and also with the addition of PlayStation Collection, all these other things that they're adding to tr at least do what they feel like they can to preserve old games. Given that PlayStation One games haven't been added yet. But that might be something in the future. Despite what Jim Ryan said about old games, you know, let's also keep in mind we have a CEO who does not like backwards compatibility. He even said in an interview, many people asked for him to put on backwards compatibility. He's like, I don't really understand why people like these old ancient games. Like, what? who would want to play them? So with a CEO, wow. that, that mindset. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that part was real. Now, I will, I will say... The Twitter account, that turned out to be a, a, a parody account. So all that regarding like talking trash about Xbox Game Pass and making fun of customers, that turned out to be a troll. 
but we're, everything regarding him talking about not being a fan of backwards compatibility and not understanding why people want him, that was, that's true. So again, this is something we have to wait and see with all this additional information that I've just mentioned. All I could say is either A, buy physical games, you keep those, or B, download whatever you want if you haven't already. I don't know, last thing, pretty quick, uh, Pokemon Theft, what? Okay, do this one, and then it was just the tiny thing that I sent you earlier. All right, all right, we can do that. But, yep, a guy broke into a store to steal a valuable Pokemon card and money. He bo- just performed a heist where he basically, like, the you know those old spy movies where they break open the glass, they try to go down with a, a rope attached to them? Some of those other things. You, you've seen those spy movies or th- your th- th- whatever the case is. He tried, but there were cameras that caught everything. So police, uh, and this is in Japan, actually. Police uh, found out and arrested him. They're like, hey, points for trying. This this is a pretty uh, creative way to commit a crime. All for a Pokemon card. Now, the one justification, otherwise I do not, because this is something you shouldn't be doing. Pokemon cards recently, they become valuable. If you know, people have been selling Pokemon cards for $200,000 or more. No, this is true. Okay, if I had a, if I was drinking my water just now, I would have spit it out like or come really close to $200,000 for a yes. card. Are yes. you flipping nuts? What? Well, people have auctioned off like a Charizard card or like a, a, a new Pikachu, like a shiny Pikachu. And well, not new. These, these would be cards from the 90s. These would be old cards. So the retro yeah. classics. So, it, it, I mean, there is a bit of vintage adding to that, but still Pokemon cards going for several thousand dollars. It's something you can do. You can check, you can actually go in and check your card to see uh, how much it's worth. Like my little brother owns some old Pokemon cards. He went in uh, recently and found out that he could sell each of his cards for like a few thousand or so. Well, I hope it puts somebody through college because dang, what? (laughs) Yeah. Never doubt the Pokemon cards, but also don't really commit theft. Don't, don't. I yeah, that's all I got to say about this. Cool. Yeah. So you wanted to say something about Terraria. Okay. Basically, the Steam Workshop, it hasn't well Terraria and Steam Workshop are now working together. Okay. The support for Terraria is the thing now. Um I didn't play this like super often, but I played it uh I guess like three years ago and then I played it again two weeks ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I was surprised. Like, oh, look, there's like customizations. Obviously, you can add. Um, I only really use the Steam Workshop for my city skyline stuff, but yeah, I see how this could be really cool. Uh, kind of a bit of reviving of the game, considering it's yeah, a few years old, and I don't play new games apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> it's works out for me. Um, it's kind of a 2D Minecraft plus some other bits that are a little different and it's like castlevania i mean i played traria actually uh it's like yeah a little bit of like light minecraft but real more of those dungeon crawling 2d uh action games that you can play co-op yeah with there are so many people who play traria though like it's still like a strong seller it's a indie hit and to see with steam workshop that just brings more reason to play because steam workshop allows people to make mods and create 
new different worlds for people to explore. I mean, that's the beauty of any type of PC game, why people love PC gaming, because, hey, I can modify my game and add more things to it. So, I mean, if anything, this is just another reason to get the game that is, what, like $20 or less or $10? Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I remember how much it was before. Yeah, but it's I cheap, right relatively like... cheap. And often you're going to find it on like a store sale. So, yeah. Which is still right now. Because, yeah, I, I bought it because of my one of my best friends from college who lives in another state we were playing or she wanted me to play so they're okay let's see and it looks it was really cool and uh, i think steam just is i'm not sure if it still is over what's the 31st it's, it'll be over by time more people listen to this that the play from different play i forgot that like co-op play whatever games were on sale so probably it was well oh, yeah okay yeah it says ten dollars in yeah. Steam right now. So, I mean, either way, it's yeah. uh, affordable, accessible. Well, yeah, you get yeah, to yeah. travel or yeah. dig through and find things and discover and make some crafting things. Yeah. And that'll be it for today. And next week, uh, you know, since Easter happened, I, I talked about the Noah's Ark movie. I'm going to talk about the Noah's Ark game. So. <laughs> oh, dear. But it's not is by the same people. So. game for the same movie? No. Or no, it no. is not. No, no, it is not. It is okay. Not I was like, did they turn that movie into oh, a God. Oh, movie God. talking different Noah's Ark? <laughs> All right, just checking. I was I was looking for a game adaptation of that movie, though. I mean, that that's, that's not... not Rated M for mature. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Oh, no, th- this this actually came out way before that movie. It came out actually in the middle of the nineties. So it's it's a no elementary school. Not yeah, school. I I won't talk more of it because I, I played through it. But you know, celebrating Easter and whatever the heck comes up next week. Oh yeah, by the way, I mean, not, yeah, rest in peace, Mario. Right right no, no more Mario. Remember, Mario died, so he's he's never coming back. Mario, Mario, Mario the Undead. Oh, okay, that that'll be the next game. Yeah, no, really, Mario's everybody, everybody's gonna be like, wait, Mario's not dead. Well, of course. What do you think? Just because one game goes away because since Nintendo said anyway, I'm I'm not even. <laughs> you guys can believe there's no more Mario games happening. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they were going to make all Waluigi games from here on out. Or <laughs> that's just a rumor. I hear Kirby's going to be the new mascot. They're, they're that's what I thought. Yeah, Kirby and Waluigi, they're going to be the top two. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to bulldoze the, the Super Mario World uh, theme park. The movie's going to be canceled. Uh, the Mario Golf game that's coming out in June, that's not happening now. Because, yeah, the internet just decided that Mario's de- dying today. So, hey, you know what? That, I guess that's true. So, sorry, Rihanna, you can't play uh, the, the Mario 3D World because that game got canceled. It's it's on. I, it's supposed to be. Uh, it got shipped out this week for well, me. Well, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I did buy it on Etsy. They're, they're, they're going to cancel the shipping. They're going to cancel the shipping. They're going to be like, hey, you know, no, we got to execute Mario. Sorry, you're getting no, happy now. I, it's, I, I was like, personal. Even, anyways, just no. A lot of no. It would be hilarious if N- Nintendo retracted all Mario ever sorry this isn't canon anymore so <laughs> wow yeah no no anyway you can find this on ponds press the different podcast hosting platforms of your choice also facebook.com slash ponds instagram slash ponds press twitter at, at cheesepond64 join us on discord we have lots of fun uh almost every week or at least a lot of weeks we've done 
some watch parties. We were going to do game night this week, but I had to be at the lake house. So I moved up to next week, but that'll still be a thing. And uh, yeah, and uh, little video clips to be put on TikTok and Instagram under Pond Express as well. Hey, Craig. Yes. Where do people find you? Uh, you, you know, I'm around. If you visit twitch.tv slash bird up or YouTube, bird up gaming and anime, Facebook gaming and anime, Twitter, bird up gaming and anime. I'm around. You can find me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Rihanna's uh, Hermione and all that. Hermione 617 on Twitch. Yeah. And if you want to go further than that, use Twitch to yep. uh, see the other links. Yeah. Yeah, seriously though, I've been uh, I've been present for some of Hermione six one seven streams. I think y'all should check those out. They're really entertaining, and I yeah. love the way that she develops her cities. Me personally, like you would turn into my stream and think that I'm all about shooting games and action and stuff. I actually really like those games that are all about Sims and building cities. You have to have the complete you know setup. You have to have your sewers. You have to have your water. Got to have electricity. You got to have people committing to the economy. Those games are complicated. Thank so, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy them. That's all I wanted to say, Hermione. Till next time. Bye. Bye.